Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Cast Dice, the podcast that looks at the greater wild world of tabletop gaming that we are currently living in. It has been said on this podcast more times than I can count that we are in the middle of a gaming renaissance. There are so many good games out there that we can spend our hobby dollars on and our hobby time. It's often hard to know where to start or what to play. You know, it's easy to feel like you're missing out on stuff. And so the purpose of this podcast is to to really talk about the games that we are enjoying playing and to, uh, I don't know, just talk about industry events and industry things that are going on that might impact us as gamers and just to talk about the games that we love. Now, often and many times on this holiday, I've talked to people who have inspired me or who share my interests. And today I thought I would talk about, I would talk to one of those wonderfully positive people um, who help build community and who just provide for us as bolt action consumers um, a, a resource that we can enjoy and love. Um, and I know I love to watch on my lunch break. Now, you can hear him breathing in the background, and you can probably <laughs> tell by my weird voice that I'm suffering from a serious cold at the moment. So, as long as you don't mind me sounding like Tom Waits and my guest being just the best, uh, I think I think he will compensate for me. So, <laughs> uh, let's get him on. Um, of course, I am talking about a very prolific poster um, through Facebook groups. Um, you will know his stuff uh, both on YouTube and through various Facebook groups relating to bolt action as the one and only Tyler Wallace. Tyler, welcome to Cast Dice. Man, that was uh, that was quite a that was quite a positive intro there, Brad. Thank you. <laughs> positive is look, man. Positive is kind of like what we like to do on this show. Um, I actually got a few messages a little while back, um, and I think I said it on a podcast. But let me be clear: um, I am occasionally accused of being happy, clappy, um, and being you know an unapologetic fanboy for Warlord and its products. I think it largely has to do with me being the host of their podcast. Um, here's the thing, gang. I have my own opinions, and I have a lot of opinions, and those people who talk to me often find that out in person. But here's the thing. There is enough negativity on the internet that why am I going to focus on it? Um, you know, it just bums me so. out, right? Um, and I think your your channel does something similar uh, because you just really take the best parts of bolt action and put it on the table, man. Um, before my voice completely gives out, why don't you tell us about your YouTube channel and let's let's get you an early plug before we get too seriously in. So go ahead, man. Yeah, well, for, first of all, Brad, I, I do want to say that your your enthusiasm for the game has just brought a lot of joy to a lot of people uh, yeah. during their painting. So don't let the don't let the haters get to you. You know, brother, I'm just a but, schmuck with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I the the channel is Texas Bolt Action. Yes. And what we do or what I do is I try to provide uh, a platform for really nicely uh, painted armies uh, and nice terrain uh, and kind of those narratives that we often experience when we're playing Bolt Action uh, that kind of get us into it. Uh, I try to give that a place to be forward facing so that people can go and watch that kind of stuff totally. and see kind of what the potential is in the game, you know? Definitely. Um, 
I really like, I think what got me into bolt action, uh, you know, I've always been a, bur- a board game guy, right? I, right? And a very competitive one. Uh, it, like, you know, take something like Settlers of Catan or mm-hmm. like the Game of Thrones board game. <laughs> you know, there's there's people that still don't talk to me <laughs> because <laughs> oh, of the man. way the way that I played those games, uh, you know, when I was younger. But I think that what really just struck me about bolt action was that there's so much that's that's kind of like chalked up to luck as far as how the game goes. Yeah. That it doesn't you you can't really get that like that hard edge competitive uh attitude about it uh and really have a good experience. And really what got me mostly into it was these narratives, kind of these stories that the game tells. Yeah. And uh I, I remember when I first even found out what bolt action was, it was from the, 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 the early beasts of war, uh, mm-hmm. video. It was a two part video and they just had a really nice table. And, you know, I, I'd been watching that striking scorpion 82 channel. Have you heard of that? It's yep. a, it's a, it's a, it's a games workshop, uh, channel that does it, that has way more subscribers than I do and does, does the same kind of work. Um, it's just beautiful stuff. You know, it's just really fun to mm-hmm. watch them push those models around on the table because you just see these stories unfold before you. And it's like watching them, you know, a, a, it's like reading a short story or watching a movie about world war two, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of what I, what I try to do with bolt action. I try to give it the same, the same kind of, uh, look and just kind of show people what the potential is there, you know, for, for that kind of stuff. Definitely. Well, one thing that I love about your, um, the videos that I've watched on your channel and I have watched quite a few, of them at this point is that they you usually um, time it to about a half an hour. Um, so you tell mm-hmm. the narrative of the battle through that. You, you're not going through a die roll by die roll page flip discussion or debate while you're going. You are telling that narrative um, with beautiful right. models and a beautiful table. Um, and so or beautiful tables, I should say. And so there's that. <laughs> That that idea that I know I so for this show um, when I'm preparing for episodes for games that are just coming out or games that I've have not had the opportunity to play a lot. Part of my research is to watch a lot of battle reports, to read things online, um, just to get an idea of the mechanics of the game to make sure that I'm not missing something. Because um, just to pull back the the curtain a little bit, uh, I sure. as far as being a, a rules guy. Um, while I am fairly pedantic um, about you know making sure that I'm playing the right way, I suck at reading rule books. It is just not one of my <laughs> skills. Um, and so I end up watching a lot of battle reports, and man, some of them just drag. Um, and <laughs> I mean, some are, are are wonderful, and there are some great ones out there that you know can keep sure. you you know entertained for the entire game and run through the entire game. And part of that is important for games um, like Age of Sigmar or maybe uh, Star Wars Legion when you're looking at it, and going, well, the pregame phase is actually really important for this. Um, and then talking, you know, takeaways at the end of the games are really good too. But the narrative can be lost. And just, I really like with your channel how you, as you say, it's, it's all that, it's that story. Um, yeah, we, we get a lot of people, I, well, you know, I, I get a lot of people that, that ask for the entire battle. Um, they, they want to see the dice rolls. They want to hear the jokes, you know, and, um, and I do, I do see the value in that. Um, and I know that some people prefer that. And there's, and what I usually say to them is that there's a ton of channels that already do that. Right. You know, that, that's kind of the focus is the game. Uh, when I tell the story, um, 
or when I when I when I shoot the videos, I'm I'm telling the story as if the units on the table did did those things. I don't. I mean, I sometimes will will reference the players, but I try to keep the focus on like this machine gunner. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. looked over the ridge, saw the infantry coming, did this. I try to kind of weave it in that 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 lens so that people can understand that it's about the the story that I'm telling. And as far as rules go, to be honest. Uh, I forget the rules all the time. <laughs> and, what do you and mean? I've actually had, <laughs> and I, and I, and what's been great, you know, I, I get people that, that, that sometimes comment and they say, you know, like, Hey, that's, that, that shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't do that. But what I noticed is they seem to have really enjoyed the story anyway. It, yeah. It's never like, you know, like, Oh, this ruins it for me. The rules are, you didn't get the rules right. You know? Um, and I try, and I, and I'm usually kind of apologetic on, on the, the cast, I just try to tell people that I, you know, I kind of get into the game and I kind of forget it. We all do, but, uh, mm-hmm. but that's also just not really the focus. Um, but it's not that I don't strive to follow the rules. I mean, I definitely yeah. want to play. I think people find it entertaining when you play the game as it's written and as it's meant to be played. Right. Um, but I just, I, it's, a, it's almost an impossible standard for me to hold myself to yeah. <laughs> just, just for fun, fun games, you know? Yeah. I bought, um, I bought all the pod or the video casting rig to do battle reports through to link up with this podcast um nice and oh my god uh so for those who don't remember the dark early days of the lrdg podcast um it was a I, I can't tell you how many hours I spent researching how to do the editing, how to record things, what gear to use, how to upload things, how to get it all going. Um, and if you listen to those early episodes, um, the, the the quality on them is terrible. It's, you know, everything's a, a whisper. Um, and look, sometimes some of the episodes, like the last episode, um, I think has wonderful content, but it was... Um, I mean, because it's just me in a room with a Skype connection, um, sometimes we're at, you know, we're victims of Skype's whims. And um, the last episode, the quality, I'll be honest, wasn't amazing on one of the guests because Skype was completely awful. Um, I had the same issue recently on the most recent, uh, the most recent battle report. It just, the quality was crap. And and I was, I was kind of embarrassed about it, but it looked nice enough that I wanted to put it out. But yeah, yeah, it's sometimes that technology just is not our friend when it comes to that kind of stuff. That's why we're miniature gamers. (laughs) Exactly. But the, but the, over time, the technology has evolved and my, and, and I know my knowledge has improved, um, to the point where as I've gone, I've upgraded my rig and I've cleaned things up and I've added filters and everything to make this the mm-hmm. sound quality sound good. Um, and I posted one, I got together with a uh, friend of the show, Drew and Tim, and we played Mansions of Madness, which is a game we play regularly. Um, and we put, we set it out and we just recorded the game like we normally would, um, except we set up the cameras and um, the microphones and we, and we played it. And um, yeah, I think we had fun and I think we showed people how the game is played die roll by die roll. But again, I think we were missing maybe some of that narrative, but God, just, it took me a week of research. Um, Everyone kept asking why I hadn't got the Age of Sigmar army up and running that I wanted to um, during that holiday and hadn't finished the Japanese army that I was going to do for that last holiday. But I literally spent every day, like three or four hours researching and trial and erroring videos and I still don't have it and I just I think at this point I'm just going to save it till Christmas time when I have a month off and I am literally going to 
you know, start again and just go, okay, how am I going to do this? And man, you are my hero for, for attacking video casting because man, audio just about does me in. Like the fact that you're doing video is that's a skill (laughs) set, my friend. Well, (laughs) I rely on the leniency of my viewers, um, a little bit. I mean, I, I, I still haven't graduated past the iPhone or the tablet, you know, uh, for the filming, um, same story for me, finding a process that worked that I could kind of crank out content all the, all the time, yeah. uh, was an issue. And you can kind of go back and see the first videos that I shot. They were, they left a lot to be desired, but, but the format is there and I would like to honestly improve on it. I think with the more traction the channel gets, and if it becomes something that becomes a little more serious, I, I would like to take feedback and, and improve it. Uh, both visually and and maybe give people what they want. I mean, if I had a setup like Beasts of War where, you know, you have different ca- camera angles that you can change with a keyboard, mm-hmm. uh, I would I would totally not mind getting more of the dice rolls and things like those kind of because because those moments also provide a lot of drama, mm-hmm. um, which kind of fits with the narrative. And I do want to supply that. But it's just it's a matter of me being able to enjoy myself playing the game yeah. <laughs> and operate the camera at the same time with a little bit of ease. And right now it's to to play. I mean, a bolt action game is, you know, if we play a twelve fifty point game and it's a friendly game and we're kind of carrying on the way we do, that takes like four hours. So that's four hours on your feet. You wear out really quickly. And I think people notice, you know, in the videos, I, I get really flustered sometimes. I don't really remember what what exactly happened that turn. And, and I have to correct myself. But so I'm just kind of relying on, uh, you know, people's understanding that this is what it is. It's it's us yeah. playing. We're actually playing a game while we're doing this. But but uh but I'm still trying to, you know, provide the story. And it's just, it, it's a way that kind of serves both purposes. I can play a game with a friend, have a good time. And then I can also share that with people and share that experience with people. Yeah, man. Well, bolt action's a it, mentally taxing game as it is because it's, <laughs> I mean, because of the dice pulling mechanic, you were always on your feet and it makes for, yes. you know, if you're playing in a long event, for example, at the end of it, <laughs> my yes. brain's usually tapioca, but then to be able to report back on what happened each turn, I have a hard enough time if thankfully the dice order mechanic means you put the die next to the unit when you've activated it. Yes. Because if it wasn't there, good God, I would have no idea what I was doing. Yes, totally. And and honestly, uh, one thing that's great about bolt action and, and one thing that I, I, you know, because I, I've been thinking about ways to do it with other games that I play, like Casey and I play a lot of, or Casey Pittman, uh, and I play a lot of uh, like battle group and I'm kind of getting into chain of command. And those are, those are really fun games, but the turn structure is not as... Uh, is set up for this sort of thing as bolt yeah. action is because when you clear the dice, you put them in the bag, you, you basically like you have a, a single kind of singular thing that you can describe to everybody. Um, whereas like most games are kind of ongoing bolt action breaks up nicely. I can put photos of what happened, you know, stills of what happened, uh, during the turn to kind of give people a taste of what's going to go down in the next video segment. Totally. And it just, it formats really nicely. It really lends itself well to that, that kind of format. Nice. Well, right on, man. Um, so yeah, I guess just to go back a little bit, just what you were saying about being a competitive board gamer. Um, it just reminded me of 
it, so in university, I had a lot of friends who, uh, you know, we lived in New Orleans. Um, the 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 libations flowed freely, and you know, you would get together and uh, you, we would schedule these epic games of Axis and Allies or uh, Shogun, the Japanese uh, medieval version of Axis and Allies. And you know, you start playing, and you, it's everything's going well in the morning, and uh, you go out for lunch, and you come back, and you keep playing, and uh, as uh, people get in their cups, so to speak, and as um, alliances dissolve towards the end of the game, um, <laughs> like eight hours into playing this, they'd inevitably ended up with folks, you know, you know, having a wrestling match on the front lawn to work out their frustrations. So, <laughs> God, man, uh, yeah, I think that's the that was the pinnacle of competitive board gaming for me. But uh, yeah, I think that what Bolt Action provides that board games don't provide, and really what miniature games uh, in general provide is they provide a little hint of theater yeah. uh you can immerse yourself in that situation you don't have to invest as much of yourself or like your knowledge into it you don't have to think like if i don't win this game that i'm not as good of a of a commander you know as this other guy across the table from me because you can immerse yourself in the story and it it just really uh it just really does it for me you know and if i go to a, a tournament and I'm standing across the table from somebody who, and we're playing over a table that is just, you know, you've seen how at tournaments sometimes like people do it up and they bring these ornate tables that are just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, just beautiful terrain and everybody's got their armies on showcase. These armies look wonderful. And you're, you're, it's just like a once in a lifetime experience. You're at that table and you're mm -hmm. facing across somebody and they are focused on arguing about the rules, oh, arguing yeah. about this, arguing about that. They brought an unpainted army or something like that. It's like, dude, you're, you're being provided with this amazing experience. Why are you focused on yourself right now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like this is, and, and especially at a tournament where everybody's going to walk away with the prize. So what are you competing for exactly? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. That's, it's, it's it's uh yeah it, it's just it i i wish people could could maybe focus a little bit more on the experience and and how cool it is that they're getting to do what they're doing you know yeah well man you're preaching to the choir um when uh i, I came to bolt action with a group of players um the old lrdg guys and we all had come from various games workshop games um and I guess some of that was like, cool, we're going to play this the right way. You know, we have comp in mind, but man, we, we played to win. Um, that the right. old LRDG crew did not fool around. It was like, all right, let's have a friendly game tonight. And it was like, take no prisoners. Oh, <laughs> you screwed that up. Can't bring it back. All right, let's re-rack and do it again. Let's re-rack and do it right. again. Let's, and it was just that muscle memory of winning, winning, winning. And um, I, I was talking to, I got messaged by one of the Home Guard radio guys this morning, and we were having a good chat, uh, Andy, good dude. And we were talking about Japanese paratroopers and bolt action in general. Um, but he asked, like, oh, what lists are you working on? Like, what, what, what madness are you cooking up? And I, it occurred to him that, or to me, that I actually haven't sat down to write a proper list mm -hmm. and taken more than five to ten minutes on it. Um, since I went to CanCon last, which was like three some odd years ago, uh, maybe four right. years ago. And the reason for that was, and I, I'm, when I say this, I don't say it to blow my own trumpet, but, um, I, I won CanCon, Australia's big event. Um, <laughs> but I, I went nice. and I, I took my Indians, I took my Sikhs and, um, it was a list that, 
um, members of my crew, Dave of War famously said, you cannot win with that army. That's ridiculous. Don't take it. Yep. And I went in with this attitude of, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to win and I'm going to do it well. And I did. Um, but I, <laughs> but I, I left the event um, having played several friends and been a complete dick. Um, I, I, I won at the expense of bolt action. I won at the expense of fun. Yeah. Of fun of, of my friendships. And, um, shortly thereafter, I said, I quit bolt action for a while and I said, I won't do this anymore because I wasn't sleeping before events. I was spending weeks and weeks and weeks fine tuning, you know, which squad gets which SMG and how do I do that? And how do I maximize efficiencies? And man, it just got, it got ridiculous. And bolt action's got a million strengths. Um, but you know, it is, it is, especially in version one, you could go crazy with that game. Um, and I'm not interested (laughs) in that. Um, am I, Preaching to the choir here. What I mean, it sounds like I am. Well, yeah, you, you, you know, that's a really interesting moment of reflection there. I mean, I, I've had that moment, uh, in board games, you know, with friends. Um, and I just, I just knew that, especially if I was going to be playing with strangers, uh, and once I kind of started getting to know the bolt action community, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy. Now that's not to say I don't argue rules. You know, if I know a rule is wrong or something like that, or if I think I do, um, then, then I'm, I'm, yeah, it's not that I don't get into the game. Uh, it's just when you have to look, I, I guess what you have to do is you have to ask yourself, like, is this a competitive atmosphere or is this a fun atmosphere? Right. You know, and there are tournaments that are competitive and I understand that. And, uh, you know, I go to those uh, expecting to compete, you know, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's not my primary focus in the hobby in general. And it's funny you said that about the list building, because uh you know, my biggest issue with uh, lit, when I sit down to do a list is not being able to include all of my models. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Like I, I'm thinking, like, oh man, I really want to see this, like, you know, T30 half track tank destroyer on the table. Yeah, but you know, and I know it's going to get destroyed, but like, but the thing is, is I want to see a Sherman on the table too. So how do I make how do I make mm-hmm. it so that I can take both? So that you know, so yeah, and like when I'm you know when I'm shopping, I'm not. I'm not shopping lists. I'm not like building a list before I buy, uh, you know, a unit that I see online. I'm, I'm buying models. I'm, I'm looking at things that look awesome and yeah. that are going to, you know, uh, kind of put me there, put me in that, that, that those theaters of war that I've read about, you know, in books and things like that. Well, that's what I was, that's how we got onto that discussion with Andy. Cause he was asking about the new company B line of Japanese paratroopers that I, and he's like, Hey, have you seen them in person? I was like, yeah, I, I actually bought the whole range. Um, and he's like, wow, that's so awesome. Like, you know, what are they like? And we started talking about the quality and they are great models. Um, but we were going through it and he's like, oh, what's in your list? And I was like, well, I, I don't know. And he's like, well, what do you mean you don't know? You bought an army of them. And I said, yeah, I have no idea. So I bought a lot of them. Um, I don't know. I haven't built a li- list yet. And he was like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Um, like I, I played a game recently against a uh, good friend, Rob, and we set up and, um, we started, you know, I, we set up the table and then he starts pulling out his army and he goes, okay, what's in your force? And I was like, you know, I actually haven't built my army yet. Can you give me a second? Um, and I told, and I opened my DAC case and I pulled out a bunch of models and I was like, all right, uh, here's a new selector. 
Uh, okay, this, I can take this unit, this unit, this unit. That's what this is, this is. And I readjusted the, the models inside. But my army listing literally was, what? how many rifles do I have? All right, that, that's how many basic squads. And I'm going to add an LMG and an <laughs> right. SMG. And here's, the, okay, this selector allows for these vehicles. Bang, bang, bang. Um, okay, I'm done. And he and I, I was like, I think I'm like 50 points off um, under. I don't care. Um, I don't know if I have the right models to fill them out, and I'm not going to bother. I'll just keep it all regular because it makes it easy for me to remember. And he's like, you sure? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Um, but did we have a bad game? No. It was great. Yeah. Um, and I don't – I feel that people get really caught up, and I think – like people on a lot of podcasts, people have talked about Norwegians like they're a bad thing. Like you can't win a game with Norwegians. But right. I I don't think that like, yes, there are lists that are clearly better than others in bolt action. Yes, there are units that are more efficient and more powerful than others. But the game is really set up that if you are playing sensibly and you're playing to the mission, I'm sure there's exceptions to this. But you can play a competitive army versus a quote-unquote non-competitive army, and the non-competitive army can definitely still win um, with regularity. I, I think so. I think it. I think it also kind of depends on your experience level, you know. Yeah, um, that's true. And uh, you know, it, it. And and I don't want to hate on people that that do play competitively because you know a lot of oh, my absolutely. friends do, and and I totally I totally get it. Um, and, and that's fine. And it's not, uh, you know, it, it's just not what I do on the channel and it's just not what I do. It's just kind of not my, my overall gaming philosophy, yeah. I guess, when it comes to miniatures games, uh, get me, get me to sit down and play settlers of Catan with you and <laughs> I, will, I will unleash, uh, the competitive Tyler. But I think with miniatures games, it's just about immersing yourself for me. And it, it's just, it, for me, I just like to immerse myself in the experience, uh, of being on a battlefield in world war two and seeing these narratives unfold. You know, you talked about, uh, Axis and allies. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one thing about that game, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun board game. It's and for a while. It was my only world war two board game outlet, you mm -hmm. know, uh, before bolt action. And, uh, it, but the problem with it is that a it's seven hours long yes. and B it doesn't swing. If you don't make the right decision in turn three, it's a slow, gradual, uh, you know, kind of gradual push to your death. It's kind yeah. of set up that way to kind of simulate, uh, world war two. And, and it, I, I love the, I mean, it's a fun game uh, and I like being able to, to command everything. But what I love about bolt action or something like that is that everything is nothing is set in stone. The game can swing based on the objectives. Uh, in this most recent video I put out, uh, it was a, it was kind of a, uh, we used that, that WWPD scenario that you guys came up with the front frontal assault. That's one of my favorite scenarios, uh, to play. Nice. And it was, it, you know, you have the attacker that has one objective that they place in no man's land. And then you have the defender who places two objectives. And at the end of the day, uh, I was able to, as the attacker, to contest one objective. The uh, my opponent held one objective, and the other one uh, was held by me. So it was like two held and one contested. 
and it came down to casualties. And even though the Germans in this particular battle, not, not, well, I mean, I'm going to spoil it, but you should watch it. It's still, a, it's a beautiful ride. But even though the Germans uh, managed to kind of fight better strategically, the British inflicted way more casualties. So it was, it came down to a British victory. And I love how that narrative, even like though the British were kind of on the fence uh, the whole time or kind of on the ropes the whole time, mm-hmm. uh, they still managed to pull out a victory because of like their accuracy, you know, or their ability to, to, to have, you know, kind of their resolve. So it kind of ended up being this nice, uh, it's just, it's just a nice story, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. So, um, for the people that you're playing with, cause clearly you're usually the player, uh, player one, so to speak, um, on your mm-hmm. battle reports. Um, who are usually your adversaries? So one thing people might notice is that I play a lot with some kind of like lay bolt action players. A lot of my friends who aren't really into miniature gaming, but they're into gaming. Mm-hmm. They're not going to invest in an army, but they're very excited that I have all of those things. Yep. <laughs> you know, they're very excited to use to use my armies. But what I would love to do and what I try to do, it's just hard to do with with life and in general and things like that is showcase the armies in the community. Uh, and I really like, I, I would really like to invite anybody, uh, that's listening right now. If you're in Austin, if you find yourself in Austin, Texas, uh, hit me up. And if you have your army even better, because I would love to feature that army on the channel. Um, I have a few rules. They have to be painted mm-hmm. entirely. Um, long time viewers of the channel will notice that a couple of times that's, that's been amended. Uh, you know, sometimes every once in a while, somebody shows up and they say they've got a painted army, but they've got, you know, it's not based or it's, uh, mm-hmm. they have that one tank with just primer on it. And, uh, I usually let it slide because they made the effort to show up and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, uh, just tell them outright, no, I don't want to be a snob, but yeah. it, I really would appreciate it if the army is painted because it just looks really nice for the viewers. It, it creates, it, it's just that much more immersion, you yeah. know? Um, and I'm happy to, you know, if you have a model that I happen to have that is painted, I'm happy to let you sub it out and use one of my models. Totally. Um, but it's, uh, but yeah, so, so, so a lot of people that you see on it are my friends um, who now know how to play bolt action things. I mean, I'm actually, it's funny that, that I'm talking about that because two of them are possibly going to go to a tournament with me pretty soon and take a couple nice. of my armies because they've kind of reached that level of interest. Um, but I would really like to play with, uh, with more armies in the community and, you know, the Texas bolt action community is thriving. We've got so many interesting looking armies and so, so many good painters and people that, uh, that uh, have played a lot and have accumulated a lot of really pretty stuff to show on the channel. And so I try to get those people on when I can. Um, But a lot of times that stuff has to be set up in advance. And Mm -hmm. if I'm thinking like, I just want to play a game this week, I call it my buddy Kevin or my buddy Greg or my buddy Mark. And, you know, they just come over and I've got two armies picked out that I, that I think will fight well against each other. I let them pick. That way I'm not, you know, being unfair, giving myself an unfair advantage. I say, you know, what army do you want to play? And they, we, or sometimes we roll a dice for it. Uh, and we just go from there and it's, it's always really fun. I've, I've been really, uh, I've, I've been really excited about, uh, just the, the, how fun those games are, you know, nobody's worried about losing or winning for posterity. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <like> that. <laughs> well, there's that also that notion of if you create two forces, um, sometimes armies just don't 
match up. Like one will have the right. obvious rock to the other person's scissors. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. it's not, you know, it's not like that one player is trying to get the other person back. I had one person who um, I mentioned that I don't write lists much anymore. And they're like, oh, so you're building your list to beat your opponent now. And I'm like, no, I don't actually ask what my opponent's taking. I build my list out yeah. of my models because right. that's what I want to take. Um, but a couple years ago I did a, maybe it was a year ago, I did a a dry run for an event that I am hoping to someday run, um, this, the idea of the world series of bolt action where you get, um, you actually provide all the armies on match tables. So you have matched armies on match tables and the armies stay on the tables and the missions match Mm -hmm. the armies on the table. So it's all, I love that. But players get up and they go from table to table to table. And every because games uh, like bolt action, um, you have everyone's inexperience is the same. Everyone's regular is the same. Everyone's veterans the same generally. And national rules are variations on the theme. You're able to um, do something like that where someone can just pick up, walk over, look at an army list and say, okay, I know generally what all this stuff does. Now there are some units Mm -hmm. like Brandenburgers um, or maybe some of the great swords guys for the Chinese or whatever else where they have a lot of weird rules or Gurkhas and you look at them and you go, okay, Maybe I'll leave those guys out for this particular battle. Um, yeah. But it's that idea that you can go from table to table, and it's just um, the feel badsies that people had at that event were almost <laughs> non existent because yeah. the armies, you know, they just, and people weren't wicked invested in kicking everyone's face in because they were using everyone <laughs> else's armies. And it was that, right. like, that just and I think it came down to also the people that I had helping me uh, dry run that system. But I I definitely think maybe at Christmas time this year or January, um, if I can get it all together, I would love to take a second crack at that and just say, all right, show up. But God, it's a lot of work to set up. It's um, <laughs> it's getting to the point where I almost have enough. Uh, gear to do something like that. I, and I would love to do one thing that I really want to do is do like theater focused uh, tournaments. Like for instance, uh, take the battle of Monte Cassino, you know, that was a huge battle that, that it, it, it has so many unique elements to Mm -hmm. it. And it ranged over such a large area that I would love to set up nine tables and have each scenario on that table be focused on one aspect of that battle and provide all the units so that I know they're historical and that I know that, you know, it, it, it provides people a very historical experience. Um, I think that would be fantastic. I think it would be so much fun. Um, it would be fun for me just to watch, (laughs) you know? Um, but it's one thing that I've started doing that's similar to that, and I, I tried it out on the channel, and I asked people to give me feedback, and the feedback I got was very positive. But uh, Kevin, my friend Kevin Sauer and I played this uh, this scenario. It was a top-secret mission. Uh, the, the video is called Get the General, and it was a broken-down Jeep in the middle of the table with, with a General Patton model, you know, that mm-hmm. was kind of the – that's the target. But instead of um, coming on the table like you do normally uh, and deploying and leaving things in reserve the way you do in a normal uh, in a a normal top secret scenario, I I placed the stuff on the table in in a place where I thought that they would, you know, that it like 
the biggest, the best story would unfold. And, uh, and Kevin, it worked. I mean, it it happened because, you know, like it, you know, Kevin was coming over after work and we weren't just going to have a whole lot of time to, you know, kind of assess all that out and deploy and all of that stuff. So, so I just, I just said, do you mind if I just set up the armies on the table in a way that, that I think will kind of make, make it for a really fun, challenging event and, and kind of also was kind of realistic. And he said, sure. And so I did that. And I asked the the people on the channel to give me a response and let me know, you know, what, what they thought about that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as competitive. It's just, it's, it's, it's even more narrative driven than it usually is. And, uh, the response was great and people yeah. really liked it. And honestly, if you watch that video, I think it's one of my best, one of my best ones. It, it's, it's really, it was, it was just a really good cinematic, uh, action packed, uh, battle. One of my friends that's not, into gaming or miniature gaming in any way um accidentally saw it (laughs) Mm he he was it it ended up in his facebook feed because i posted you know a link in a public group Mm -hmm. and he was just kind of like what is tyler up to and he looked at it and he said i went from being like what is this crazy thing that's part of tyler's life to look out there's somebody behind that bush yeah right <laughs> and this is a total layperson you know who's not mm-hmm. interested in in gaming or world war ii particularly so that was a good sign but yeah so i think i might start doing something more like that like you're talking about where the armies stay on the table and not only uh do they stay on the table but they're they're deployed on the table uh yeah. First off, in a way that's the the, the focus is not to get a, a victory other way. The focus is to like tell a good story and see what see what happens. Yeah, I I, I think that's the next logical step for me, and um, I think I need to start doing that as well because um, oftentimes when people at the World Series, a lot of people said, "Well, I just had to I just had to make do with what I had and figure out how to make it work." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that's kind of the way that I approach listing these days. I just throw random stuff down. Well, not random, but I throw stuff down. Um, but there, yeah. there isn't synergy. Like, sure, there might be some quote-unquote sure. good units, some bad units, whatever. But y- you sure. make do with what you have on the tabletop. And that's what sure. real generals do. And it sounds yeah. like if you were just deploying stuff, you know, um, it reminds me of, you know, those old uh, cardboard cutout games like Squad Leader, where it told you mm, yeah. where to set up. There's, you know, an MMG in this particular, mm-hmm. uh, you know, shrubbery. There's uh, how it's are hidden in the middle of the house with a gun sticking out pointing this direction. Um, mm-hmm. And you go, that would be cool. Um, because it's like, yeah, it's like saying, here's the situation general, (laughs) here's what you have, you know, as you step up to the table. And I do want to say that if you are a player who is more interested in playing a competitive game and bringing your competitive list and you want to be on the channel, I still want to have you. Um, Mm, and if you, if you show up and, and that's, and I recognize that, you know, this is kind of what it is. Like, this is, this is what we're doing today. Um, I have, I probably, I know that I've got a lot of viewers that are really interested in seeing something like that. So I'm, you know, if you've got a a motorcycle, if you've got three motorcycle battalions and a heavy howitzer and a, you know, a, and a, uh, like a tiger tiger two and you want to bring that army i have a playlist called hypothetical battles and i and i'm also probably going to make a playlist uh called like you know competitive battles Mm -hmm. and and i'll totally do that and you will probably win (laughs) because (laughs) i'm not i'm not uh i'm not i don't you know i'm not that good either but i but it's it 
I, I, I want to provide a platform for that too. Um, you still want to see those kinds of, cause, cause those can be very dramatic. There can be those moments at the end of, of, you know, in like the sixth inning of a game like that, where Definitely. it's just getting down to the wire and both armies are just slaughtering each other. And, uh, and that that's fun too, and and I recognize the value in that. So so don't think that if you're a gamey player, uh, that you know uh, the channel's not for you because I definitely want to cater to that as well. It's just not my personal gaming philosophy, if that makes sense. It definitely does, and it, I think it is important. And I think I've said it a few times in the last six months, but I think it is important to say again. I know that um, I got into this weird, super anti-competitive gaming. Uh, mindset for a long time, which, you know, was a complete antithesis to when I was a competitive 40K player slash bolt action player slash everything else player. Um, (laughs) So, you know, kettle black, hi, that's me. Um, Or at least, you know, know, I became the the zealot against the thing that I think I was. Um, But (laughs) just there... you shouldn't vilify people for the way they want to play the game. Um, I think that's right. That's yeah, I think absolutely right. Bolt action is now big enough that we can have competitive-minded events. We can have narrative-driven events. We can have just fun events or just get together and play with our mates in the manner that we like to play. Um, and that's good. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Um, we're, we're putting the game to its test, you know, through its paces, and we're testing it out and having a good old time doing it. Um, totally. Yeah. I don't want to tell someone how to have fun. Because um, I would hate it if somebody did that to me. Um, and I right. think that's an easy <laughs> trap to fall into. Um, and Lord yeah. knows I fall into it even now, like all the time. But um, yeah. it's important to remember that. And <laughs> if you catch me doing it, kids, please call me on it. Um, anyway. <laughs> well, if, if people show up and they say, you know, if they show up to my house and they say, like, I'm here to win, then it's just you just recognize like okay this is the context now mm-hmm. this is what we're doing so i'm i'm happy to provide that that uh that atmosphere too as long as we know you know <laughs> this is what it is yeah absolutely right on man well hey um I know that you've sort of covered a span of um, battlefield conditions and armies on your channel. Um, is there anything that we can look forward to coming up? Because I know you got a <laughs> glimmer in your eye for something that uh, you and I both <laughs> share a passion about. Why don't we talk about that? Well, I so I mean it's it's on everybody's mind these days. But I am sitting here looking at a sprue of Eighth Army British yeah. soldiers from Warlord. They're right here in front of me on my desk. Uh, I so right now I'm painting some uh, like I, I've been assembling and painting some Victrix uh, Napoleonic you know miniatures for mm-hmm. sharp practice, and that's all good and well. They're good models. They are not these models. Nice. <laughs> these models yeah. are. Uh, I I just don't think I've ever seen a plastic sprue as detailed as these. De- I mean, I'm looking at the the Bryn carrier pouches. Uh, and they have, you know, stitch, stitch lines and creases on the mm-hmm. side. Uh, it's just, I, I'm, I'm just like, my mouth is watering to paint these. Yeah. <laughs> so I've yeah. got to get the Napoleonic stuff done. I've already committed, but I've got, I've been talking to Casey Pittman. Uh, you know, he, he kind of goes in and out of, uh, of interest, uh, in world war two in general. Um, and he likes to kind of spread himself out and play lots of different games. Yeah. 
but we've got a little Facebook chat where we where we share things, and I've you know I've just kind of been sharing, you know they've they've been painting up their their uh, their Game of Thrones characters and their mm-hmm. their Napoleonic characters, and and I've just kind of kind of been off in the background showing them pictures of tank destroyers and things yeah. like that, <laughs> and uh, the other day Casey just said like. He just said, "Damn it, Wallace! I think you got me. Got I got the itch for World War II. Yeah. <laughs> so we started talking, and uh, y- you know, he's we we both like to play Battle Group. The Battle Group Torch book uh, recently came out. We mm-hmm. picked that up, and I told him, I just said, I'm gonna set up a desert table, and I'm just gonna start uh, painting desert models and putting them on that table and sending you pictures of them, and and that's what we've been doing for the last." two two three weeks so nice. i think what you can expect uh for the channel is a few more desert themed battles uh I've, I've been pretty heavy in normandy and pretty heavy in into italy just because that's the terrain i have and mm-hmm. that's uh the you know kind of the the kind of the first step armies but yeah. i think i finally am going to have enough stuff to give you some good uh desert action on a really nice nice, nice realistic looking desert table so that's that's the plan as of now now what kind of things are you putting on your desert table because that's always one of the big questions because uh, there's yeah, this misconception that the desert's just this you know it's like a pool mm-hmm. table with maybe, you know, some scrub. And you're like, no, that's not <laughs> yeah. how the Western desert look, kids. Um, right. What are you thinking? Yeah, you know, that's that's really interesting. It It's so difficult to land on a concept because yeah. what people also don't realize is that it if you say you're gaming in the desert, are you gaming in, you know, in the Sahara, in mm-hmm. Tobruk? Or are you gaming in Tunisia? Because it there's – it's – Tunisia is an arid area, but from what I can tell, it's it's green. You know, I could almost it use is. my Normandy table uh, that people have seen in the channel. It's well, I mean, kind of the table that they've seen mostly mm-hmm. uh, to represent, you know, Casserine or or something like that. So what I'm going to focus on is using. I'm probably going to sprinkle a little bit of green around. I'm going to try to do something versatile. That's kind of what I what I aim for. Is something that I can use everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get some definitive desert buildings. I really like that Sarissa line of colonial buildings. They're great. That aren't they? that was a good call. That was really nice um, to see because you know you see pictures of. Uh, like City Buzid and Taborba and places like that mm-hmm. in Tunisia, and, and you realize that that those were French colonies. So there's there's so much more French influence in those buildings than one might expect. It's not all adobe, you know, and and Absolutely. Uh, and white bricks. So I'm gonna look into that, and then I'll probably try to have a mixture of uh, you know, con- is it coniferous tree? It's yeah. you know, just regular type trees and. Uh, and uh, palm trees. Um, you know, in Tunisia, there's even piney forests in some areas. Crazy. Um, so, I'm, and I think mountains and hills will be uh, will be kind of key. We'll need to have some rugged terrain. Luckily, mm-hmm. I already have some that I built for uh, El Guitar um, that that I use pretty regularly. Um, and then also. The other thing that's hard to do in the desert is to capture, especially in 28 millimeter, the just the scope of the ranges. You know, just this yeah. kind of the like vastness of the desert. Mm-hmm. So I've got a uh, teddy bear or teddy bear fur mat from Dave's Kabiki that I used for an El Guitar battle. 
uh, that's 12 foot by six. Whoa. So I, I think you can expect to see that rolled out of a couple more times as well. Um, and used for, and repurposed for other areas of the desert. Um, it's, it's really great. It's got a highway running down the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's teddy bear fur. So I can also put, if I want to, I can put mountains underneath the, the yep. fur and kind of do it that way. Um, I actually used it, uh, in a, you can see it in a battle. It, there's a battle report called the road to Messina, uh, that takes place in Sicily and it worked relatively well for Sicily. I would have liked it to be a little bit greener, but it, but I sprinkled some, uh, you know, some flock around in various areas mm-hmm. and it, it, it was good enough for me. It, it worked well enough for me, but I, people should know that I'm, I'm always trying to, to figure out any way to make it more realistic and more immersive. And, you know, there's stuff that I see people do online that is just, it's unreal. Like it's beyond my skill level, (laughs) you know, Yeah, I Um, definitely know that feeling. And, and I will say, I mean, I'll put out the call. If anybody wants to see their terrain featured in my video, I will, I will happily do that for you and plug you. Uh, so hit, hit me up, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, uh, the the whole goal yeah is to make it as immersive as possible and if there's somebody is able to help me do that uh i will definitely give them some love definitely give them a shout out on the yeah. channel yeah i've got um i've i've got in a in a week coming up i've got a narrative desert war slash italian campaign and i added the italian campaign just so some players who have armies that may not fit have an opportunity to sneak in but most people are bringing Perfect. desert stuff uh, but sure. it's like, how do I suddenly take my normal two desert tables and stretch that out to 10? Ugh. Right. <laughs> um, and it was surprising how many people coughed up, you know, contacted me to say, hey, I've got a table of desert terrain or, hey, I've got a bunch of hills that are covered like desert stuff or, hey, I've got desert buildings already. Do you want me to bring them? And I thank God for all those people. Um, because otherwise I was, I was looking at, uh, I was looking at battlefield in a box going, do I get some more sand dunes? Uh, do I get a couple <laughs> more of their hills? Uh, do, um, I cannot think of the name of the company right now, but there is the, um, plastic, I think it's MDF, um, sort of back sealed terrain, um, very akin to like when you were a kid and you got those you know the the plastic toy soldiers and all the terrain was yeah is Uh, it called plastic craft no those they definitely do that stuff too but um but it's like that mold fit hills and whatever that company is it's like it's not zedra it's something like that um i cannot believe i'm forgetting this now uh but they do sand dunes and i was looking at and you can get i think three or four sand dunes and I think they're a little on the low side, but um, I, like you might be able to get the turret of a tank over the sand dune. But if you got, right. you know, and I think you can get four of them for like 10 pounds. So if you got maybe three or four packs of those and then spread yeah. them up and detailed them up nicely and mm-hmm. put them on a, in a table and you just had all sand dunes and maybe an, an oasis and maybe some palm trees in the middle. Yeah. And look, that 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 would be a really interesting tactical conundrum to work your way in and around because 
You're not driving mm-hmm. tanks over those sand dunes. Um, mm-hmm. Well, maybe you are. I don't know. You have to figure out the rules. But that I, would be I'm different. envisioning like a, a scenario where the LRDG can yes. drive over the sand dunes and they're with their inflated tires, but mm-hmm. they're facing down Panzers that can't. You know, that, exactly. That, to me, like that's the kind of stuff that gets my motor running when I think about this. Totally. This kind of stuff. And infantry can move maybe half right or something. Yeah, just to make yeah. it. But there's a it's a ton of line blocking terrain, but only kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yep. and sure, I mean, and people would say, oh, but you know, I hear the Scottish contingent in the background yelling, you don't have enough terrain on your tables. And I love it when they tell me that, um, <laughs> I, I disagree very strongly because, um, I have what, uh, has been affectionately called Mount Morin and I'm loving that I'm going to be able to put it out, pull it out. So I don't know yeah. if you've heard me talk about this in the past. I had a, a friend, I commissioned a friend to make this thing and it's in, it's a giant hill. It's about nine inches wide, yeah. and it's it's significantly tall. Um, like it yeah. clearly blocks line of sight for everything bolt action scale, and then some. Maybe mm-hmm. two tank, two tiger tanks high. Yes. Um, but it's in twelve inch increments, and you can readjust it and reconfigure it. But then I've got end pieces as well. So usually I run it. You know, maybe you know. You can run it as two from either board edge to make like a pass in the middle, or you can make a long diagonal thing that goes across diagonally across a six foot table. I think I have That's five or six feet of the stuff, um, not including end caps. And so I'm really looking forward to being like, hey, have two Mount Morin tables. There you go. Um, <laughs> here's a village on one of them and an oasis on the other. But I mean, that is the definition of line blocking. Um, yeah, yeah. And again, I built, different so tactical for- situations. Yeah, totally. For for the El Guitar battle that I, I did a while ago, I, I built four very large mountains, and I based them on on plywood. I built them out of foam. Nice. And it, it's just kind of one of the great uh, struggles of doing miniature wargaming is how do I simulate that that terrain, that rugged terrain that I read about uh, or see photographs of, how do I how do I get that on the table in a way that's functional that the armies can you know can still crawl all over yeah. and and also I, for me one of my biggest issues is like how do I how do I make it last because you know you build stuff out of that foam and it just it, it after mm-hmm. you know four or five months of storage it looks terrible and yeah. so um, so yeah and, and I mean my wife can tell you we've got you know they've got a mountain in my bedroom you know that's mm-hmm. leaned up against the wall. Uh, we're putting it wherever we can put it, wherever we can stick it. But, you know, I hope to eventually have enough stuff. I think right now I, I'm going to have to settle for using, you know, scatter terrain and things like that. Yeah. But someday the goal would be if, if this channel uh, became something more is to have, you know, tables that are unique to battles with molded, ter- you know, terrain that's molded onto it with buildings that are molded into the terrain. I think there was somebody that posted a, 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 like a Eastern front battle, somebody new to the bolt action group. I, I don't remember their name, but they posted an Eastern front battle where all of the terrain was just, it was just molded onto that table and it just looked gorgeous. Yeah. It was, it was so beautiful. I, I think that's the goal. So, so what I'd like to eventually do is have enough buildings where I can make a mountain and, and stick the buildings into it the way they would naturally sit 
on a on a ridge line, you know, in Italy or something like that. So, but it just it it's just going to take it that it's a lifelong project, and that's I guess that's what it is for everybody. So, yeah, it's one of those things that um you know my wife says you have enough terrain, you have enough miniatures, you have enough everything. You need to probably get rid of some of this stuff. And I mean, to be fair, we live in a two bedroom apartment in the city. I get it. Um, <laughs> right. However, yeah. um, the closet of doom holds a surprising amount of stuff. Uh, but. <laughs> If, uh, you know, heaven forbid we ever moved into a real house and my wife's like, you're getting your own room and you can put whatever you want in it, but that's it. And I'm like, oh, right. Oh, my God. Yes. When that happens, I can get a couple of those tables and lean them against the wall. And then when I want, I can pull them out. But at the moment, yeah, it's got to be. I was thinking of when you were listing it, it has to be this has to be this has to be this. And for me, it has to be something I can put away afterward, um, which is sad. Yeah. Yeah. Reality. It's a challenge. Yeah. It, I'm lucky that we have enough space at my house that it has not it has not uh, it, it has not disrupted my wife's routine that much yet. <laughs> so and she's yeah. been very very generous and she's she's excited uh, at the traction that the, the YouTube channel has got. So mm. there's a little bit of an excuse to keep making things and keep storing things and shoving things in, in corners. Uh, she's been really supportive, but it it. it I think that someday, yeah, it would just be great to have a place where I can a store it all and make stuff that's kind of fragile, you know, that that mm. that uh, that I'm not so worried about it getting crammed and, and destroyed. Uh, I can leave it out, you know, and and just use it whenever I need to. So I don't know, dreams, wargamer dreams. Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen. So, Brad, one thing I do want to bring up is, you know, you I, I listen. First of all, I listen to your podcast all the time Sorry. while I'm painting. Um, get really excited when when a new episode comes out. Uh, but one thing you always say is that you know we're in the we're in a renaissance of gaming, uh, and I really think I, we have to just tip our hats hands down to the internet being <laughs> responsible for that. Yeah. Um, there are just, I mean, I would not have gotten into bolt action. Uh, if it had not been for uh, YouTube, and I also would not have uh, stayed in Bolt Action if it had not been for the community that I found there. I mean, it's just it, yeah. you know, if, when people come over to my house and they see my miniatures, kind of, kind of uh, like analog style, I I just make a lot of excuses for them, and I you know kind of shuffle them away from from the miniature area. Mm-hmm. But uh, but but when I paint a miniature uh, and I put it online, and I mean immediately get accolades like that just makes me want to paint more miniatures you know Hell yeah. so i think uh and and the battle report thing just finding other people's uh battle reports and watching those uh is just so fun um there's there's a couple that i watch that i think are really good one of them is uh bolt action cp mm. um it's by or it's ta- it's by tabletop cp um but they they tend to have a really nice uh kind of just kind of a nicely laid out battle they they film the whole game usually um but but they don't it, it they're really good at following the rules and their armies and terrain generally look pretty nice and uh i can usually kind of understand clearly what's going on and uh yeah i just want to give them a shout out for sure because it's, it's good stuff yeah um man. there's also um uh, I mean, obviously, Beasts of War is keeping war gaming alive uh, mm. almost single-handedly. I mean, their their uh, their battle reports uh, for like other games like Chain of Command and things like that are just I've, they're just so entertaining. They're really a lot of fun. Um, and then strike, you know, if you look at if you want to get into other genres like Striking Scorpion, 
82 was the one that that's when I first realized that battle reports were things. Uh, and he has, I mean, if you watch his battle, it's, it's all Warhammer, uh, but it's, it's just beautiful battles, beautifully painted armies. Uh, and he, what I like about his videos is he does a hybrid of the dice rolling and the storytelling. He, he does show a lot of the dice rolls, but he, uh, usually it's kind of in dramatic moments and things like that. Um, and he, but he still tells the narrative from the soldiers on the table point of view, um, which is really nice. And then if you go to Instagram, I mean, there's so many people on Instagram too, that, uh, that are posting. I'm on Instagram at bolt action action, um, and you know, I just started that page out of the blue. I was not expecting to get any followers. I just, I just started posting, uh, models and all of a sudden I had 2000 followers and my wife was like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's still kind of funny to, to tell people that I have, <laughs> that I have any followers. Um, but yeah. what, I don't know what, what kind of, uh, are you into any battle reports or anything online that, is there any consumption that you, there, that you do online? With that stuff? Um, uh, for me, um, so for those who don't know, I teach primary school. And so my time, um, is, <laughs> finite at on a good day um and so yeah. a lot of people ask me um do i watch a lot of do i watch a lot of youtube videos and um if i'm not at work uh while i'm at work i'm usually working and that includes working through recess through lunch i mean there's the obvious dash to the toilet and you know <laughs> refill the water bottle or the coffee cup and doing that right um because i remember those days <laughs> oh god because you gotta do it um and then the rest yeah. of the time i'm in meetings or you know grading things or you know preparing charts for my walls and so i often don't have time to breathe but i i've i've really tried um i went to a positive mental health um professional development for teachers and for educators um because you know i've been teaching 15 years and it related to something that i did in my masters and my old masters lecturer uh recommended it anyway one of the things was that every now and then um and they recommend that you take lunch every day um and you make time for yourself uh i i I don't have that experience. Uh, I can't do that. So um, I do like to take maybe one lunch break a week. Um, and I will sit and I will actually take half an hour and I will eat lunch. And during that time, um, I often um, use that to watch a battle report or to check out a game that I want to cover on this show. Uh, as I said, I've been watching your stuff, um, which has been great. Um, and I've, awesome, awesome. Yeah. And as I said, it's that thirty minutes perfect spot. Um, right. Though I kind of have to fast forward a little in the middle because I usually sure. get about twenty minutes. Um, it is the perfect size for me. Um, that said, if I'm getting outside of bolt action, um, I typically I don't think I necessarily have any one particular favorite, but um, I do. Go if I'm researching a game. There's a channel called Watch It Played um, that I do like. Um, they are they're fairly uh, they, they're a lot of board gamey type stuff. But they did some excellent sure. how to play Legion content and other games, um, Age of Sigmar and that sort of thing. Um, but I'm more of a podcast guy. Um, sure. Because when sure. I'm home, uh, when I'm walking the dogs or commuting to work, um, I listen to podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. 
that is a huge component of I think another another thing that's ushered in mm. this uh, this renaissance you're talking about. I yeah. mean, just the fact that people want to listen to I, you know, it's funny. I'm like sitting there. I've got all these armies, all this plastic, all this paint, and I'm going like, I need more bolt action in my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <more> right. Content. <laughs> yeah, man. I need to think about World War II even more than I'm thinking about it right now, painting these these armies. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, there are just so many great podcasts, um, and not just I mean. <laughs> Bolt action wise, there's a ton. Conflict forty seven, there's one. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, there's just a lot of shows that I enjoy listening to, um, and it could be about this game, about other games. I was talking with a good friend of the show, Patch, the other day, and he was talking about how he really likes listening to, um, you know, a particular forty k podcast, even though he doesn't necessarily play forty k. Um, he likes listening to that show, and that makes total sense. Um, I yeah. like I like listening, though I don't play video games often. I really enjoy. Um, a, oh there's yeah, a, there's a Fallout. <laughs> there's a couple Fallout podcasts that I really enjoy listening to. Um, yeah, right. And there's GI Joe shows. Um, yeah, I, and, shout out. Yeah, to uh, shout out to Vulcan, uh, the YouTuber who casts the game Steel Division mm. on YouTube. Uh, he, he has been a huge inspiration for me in the way that I, I do these battle reports. I mean, he just, he, he's so knowledgeable about that particular game and he sets it up in a way that he's commentating on it, like a football announcer might. And it's just, uh, and it's just so clear and thoughtful and he puts a video up every night and I just, I look forward, I, at this point, like that's kind of my version of football. (laughs) Like I look forward to Vulcan videos, uh, and I apply what he does in the video game world to the tabletop, or I try to. I'm not nearly as well spoken and put together as he is. <laughs> I say um a lot more. <laughs> but oh he, man, that's my be- that's great. my bugaboo. I can't stop <laughs> saying that. Ugh. I know, I know, uh, I know. And I could edit it back, but ain't nobody got time for that. Um, that's yeah, that's that's a fool's errand. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. I I know that a couple people will ask me later. Um, the the shows that I really like listening to. Um, I listen. I, I subscribe to a show called That Fallout Show, um, which I really enjoy. Uh, if I'm listening to Star Wars Legion content, um, I do love The Fifth Trooper. It's a new podcast. Um, I also love um, Hawaii. Am I blanking? Uh, the Oh, yeah, Legion Outriders. Love that show. Um, those guys just do a really good product. Um, they're in Nevada. Uh, I of course, if I'm listening to bolt action stuff, I do love Snafu. Um, there are a ton of other ones. I do understand that we will hopefully be getting um the Scottish cast back, so I hope that comes back soon. I'd love to hear my boy Alistair and his boys get on and talk shop. Um, nice. But yeah, I mean, the Bacon Burgers, um, sort of, I think they're in hiatus at the moment. Um, they have some good content, and then um, you know, there's just a lot of great stuff um there's i miss the bacon burgers i want them to come back i'm gonna i'm gonna put out a plea an official plea for them to come back i that was high drama that was some good that was some good game talk (laughs) yeah yep those dudes definitely uh, know what they're talking about and i think locky and jl were wonderful ads for the show not that the old guys mm -hmm. weren't great but when they moved on um i think tristan chose excellent co-hosts um and yeah it was just some great chat as you say yeah. Yeah. It was, it was real talk, you know, it was yeah. real game. It was raw. It was yeah. nice. I really liked it. Yeah, definitely. 
Uh, but I've been listening to a James Bond podcast um, on Her Majesty's Secret Podcast, um, which oh, nice. <laughs> can't help. I'm, a, I'm an old Bond fan from when I was a kid, and uh, great name. Yeah, and they they have like they have one cast that's like uh, an expert, um, and another guy who is British and who works for, um, I think the uh, the the organization that archives a lot of artifacts from Bond movies and history of Bond, and so they know their stuff. Oh my God! And they go through movie by movie and talk about it, and so you find out all these wonderful tidbits um, and trivia facts you didn't know. But then they also have another show called Rookie Agents, and it's two guys who are like me, longtime fans, and two guys who are you know, relatively noobs, um, you know, they've maybe seen two or three Bond movies ever. And so they're watching the Bond series from beginning to end. And they do an episode every time the other guys do. And so you get this wonderful juxtaposition of like two hours of hardcore trivia, you know, in-depth analysis, (laughs) and two hours of jokes and what the hell is this from people that have never seen it. And I just think it's wonderful. That's perfect. Yeah, and I mean... They're just a ton of great podcasts. And I could go on for days about some great Age of Sigmar, Warhammer podcasts. Um, but yeah, there's just so many good ones. And I, there's there's even a local X-Wing podcast. And I can't tell you the last time I played X-Wing. Um, right. I mean, years. But I love listening to Hell of a Pilot. Those dudes are funny. Um, they know what they're doing. And it's just good times. And, of course, I have to talk about my mate, um, Christian Blatt does something called the the Blattcast, which I've been on, and he's been on this show, and it's B L A D T C A S T, and it's he's on episode three hundred, and it's just talking about like pop culture and weirdness. So there's all this right. great stuff that you go, yeah, I don't know what I want to listen to today. Oh, I'll listen to a bit of GI Joe. Uh, oh, I'll listen to a bit of you know Star Wars Legion, and sure, I don't always play those games, um, but I think it is when you're getting back to that renaissance we were talking earlier, thinking about games in different ways. Like I really enjoy the casualness of the hell Mm -hmm. of a pilot cast and just they're really laid back and reminds me to have fun. But listening to some of those Legion casts that are by old school, hardcore X-Wing fans, they're talking the efficiencies and this is what you got to do. And just hearing them debate fun versus efficiency reminds Mm -hmm. me that that exists as well, if that makes sense. And it's just that mentality. Yeah. Well, and what everybody's doing is they're they're building they're informing a culture and they're building a culture around right. around miniature gaming uh, that ha- I don't ever remember being around. And I'm relatively new to that that uh, to this format, this this style of gaming. Mm. But it it's basically create what, what all of these podcasts are doing and what what the majority of them do. I don't think I can't really think of any that are that are negative uh, per se, but they're basically creating this like really nice welcoming environment. And it's it's getting more and more people turned on to doing it. And it's it's and as they're doing that, as they're gathering new players, they're creating a culture that's just really positive. And I think that's something your show does really well. Uh, that's something that I hope I do well uh, on the YouTube channel. 
Um, it, it's just, it's, it's just really nice. It's a nice yeah. inviting, uh, environment. And, and really what's so neat about it is that everybody's really excited about it, you know? And so yeah. when you have something like that, the community is going to be fantastic because everybody's so excited about, about, you know, the, the possibilities, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, and as technology improves, like I cannot imagine what kinds of, uh, evolutions wargaming is going to go through, but I think it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to be really nice. Yeah. Agreed, man. I mean, I still remember the dark days. You know, you play with your friends and you go to a shop and, you know, there's, <laughs> right. you have trouble. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you don't talk about, shh, you don't talk about your hobby. Um, but, it's embarrassing. Don't do that. Um, and man, yeah, yeah. Ooh, but I would fly, um, I lived in New Orleans and I would fly to all the grand tournaments. And it wasn't that I was going to be hyper competitive. Not at all. Like I was, I was right. not, I was a, as we, as we would joke back then, like on Thanksgiving, you have the adult table and the kids tables. Um, right. I would, I was a proud player on the kids tables back way back when. <laughs> um, and we would just right. go down there and, you know, have the, just the best time laughing and having a blast. But, uh, and my armies right. were terribly painted and all this, but I went for the, for the bar. And it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go drink. It would be, sure, the games were great, and the tables were amazing, and the armies were top tier uh, as far as best, you know, wonderfully painted. People brought their A game back then. Um, right. And it was in a, but it, the events were in a hotel, and you would fly, I would fly across country, and a lot of people did. It wasn't just me. Tons of people would fly from around, because there was only one or two a year back then. And you would fly, and you would stay in this hotel, but you would get in Friday night, and you know, you would tell who was there for the tournament versus the people who were flying through on business because it was an airport hotel next to BWI. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. you know, you would go down to the bar and people would look at each other and be like, gamer, what are you here playing? Fantasy or 40K? And you would just start talking. Yeah. But it was that, it was the first time that I truly ran into the, the quote unquote, the community. Um, sure. and just hearing people talk about their crazy, uh, fluff ideas or their crazy, you know, combinations they are going to try out or, Hey, have you seen this thing? Or I right. heard there's this rumor that this thing's coming and it was proto internet. Um, but it was face to face more so than any one game store because you had people coming from literally the entire country, Canada, and occasionally the UK. And you would right. just get this wonderful collection of people who are sharing their ideas. And I would walk out of those things so inspired. And man, Games yeah. Workshop mail order would like they would get a hefty bump from me. And I know a <laughs> bunch of other people the Monday after those tournaments when you would fly back to where you came from and went, I know what I'm doing next time. Boom. And now what's so great is you're just a you're just a Facebook message away from like, hey, where did you get that tag? Yeah, right. Or where did you know I, I try to answer comments on the videos, you know, people ask like what where, where are those buildings from? Where, you know, where did you get that, that particular tank? And, and I, I tried my best to direct them, but it's just, it's that instant access to yeah. the community that I definitely had no idea, uh, would be there when I bought my first box of bolt action models. Right? You know, I thought I was thinking in my head, like, this looks so fun. How am I going to convince my friends to do this with me? And, uh, I didn't have to, because I, you know, immediately after I, after somebody said, Hey, check out the bolt action Facebook group, it was a done deal. There were, I, I remember Casey Pittman said that I put out a call to play. I just said, if there's anybody in Austin, you know, this is an international group. And I just said, if there's anybody in Austin mm -hmm. who wants to play this game, like, let me know. 
and he said he was sitting in his patrol car. You know, he's a cop, and he said he just about spilled his coffee because <laughs> he was so excited. To, he was like, "Somebody's playing!" And then, sure enough, there's there's dozens of us, and everybody yep. everybody's, and we all know how to find each other, and uh, it's just great. And and really, I think another thing that I can't stress enough is just the welcomingness of everyone. Uh, you know, you see somebody post a model they painted. Uh, they ask for feedback and the, the community is just so, so encouraging, right. so nice to them and just saying like, Hey, this looks great. Nobody comes down on anybody that, that, that mantra, you know, it's your models, paint it, paint them how you want to. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, it, what that does is that just inspires like a brand new generation of people to get into it because Absolutely. they know that it's that that people are going to be gentle with them at first and it's something that they can grow in and become really proficient at and it's i think that there's just not enough of that anywhere you know but uh, it's uh, i think it would surprise people to know how encouraging uh miniature gamers are <laughs> you know oh absolutely uh-huh. and it's it's funny how that works um i was recently reminded of that uh, i'm actually getting together with a group of i think eight people tonight to play gaslands which is a game that i've kind of been sitting on and i've been posting on and off of of how much I love it, um, God, for like a year now. And I played a couple games. I have one regular guy who I play games with, our good friend Dave, and I play him all the time. Well, all the time, but we've, we played a number of times, and we've really enjoyed it. And we always mix it in with Bolt Action and Conflict 47 and other games that we're playing. But um, I ran some other friends through it the other night, and now all of a sudden, you know, I was like, oh, well, I, I know a few other friends that might be interested. I'm on school holidays. I'll just say, look, I'll bring some terrain tonight. If anyone wants to come bring their matchbox cars and we can, you know, have a little demolition derby, it'll be good. Uh, and then within literally minutes, hey, do you mind if I add this guy? Do you mind if I add this guy? Do you mind if I add this guy? And it's like, yeah. no, I don't mind. Keep adding. The, now you know, it's the more party. And it's like, holy shit. Um, I am no longer bringing one table of terrain. I think I'm bringing four. And that's like yeah. with four players per table. And I'm just going, this is bonkers. How did this happen? Yeah. Um, but it's, I didn't even know you fools had the rule book. Where did this come from? Um, and it's... <laughs> As you say, it was just like, this is so exciting. Um, and yeah, yeah it, just the fact that you can create community like that um, and find people with mutual shared interests. It's just awesome. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I think it's going to make it so that uh, so that miniature wargaming is definitely here to stay. Oh, and God. I think it's also going to grow the popularity in the States. Uh more than it already is, which I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> so yeah. it's going to be nice. Absolutely, man. And I, I, I love wargaming, and I know you agree with this. Um, so I'm kind of setting you up to continue with it. But um, sure. it's just that that element of actually getting across the table from another human being, and actually, yes. Look, don't get me wrong. I love Fallout. I love playing certain video games. Um, but there gets to be a mm-hmm. point where I just turn it off because. It, it, it does not have that interaction and I am not actually yeah. interacting with another human being. And that, right. th- that, that's a lot of the fun for me is, you know, calling someone a name and throwing a dice bag at them and having a good time doing it. You know, I guess yeah. that's the old yeah. Brad. I don't really do that anymore, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that, that you're, I think you're absolutely right about that. I think that, you know, board games are also entering kind of a yes. Renaissance period. Agreed. And I think that it is just that desire to have human interaction. And really what I like about, uh, 
you know, I think bo- there used to be this idea of board games that that was something you did with your parents, you know, and you just mm-hmm. you you know you pr- grab the the game of Sorry or Monopoly. It was it was just so familiar. It was Parcheesi. almost like yeah, yeah, and it was just childhood, you know. But now what they're doing is asking adults to use their imagination and imagine that you're you know in a in a new place that you have to explore or a new place that you uh, are setting up a, an empire or a business empire or something like that. And it's just it it's they're so good at doing that. Uh, and I think that what they thrive on is that that face-to-face connection that people want to have. They want to be able to like, hey, we're all getting together to have some beers. We could do that or we could get together and like involve our like immerse ourselves in this awesome thing while we're drinking, you know, or something like that. It's just really nice. Yeah, it, absolutely. It gives it gives you something productive to do while you're hanging out. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly, right? Um, but yeah. it, it, it's nice. It's also nice um, if you've been wargaming for a long time, and um, especially with the death of Warhammer Fantasy, um, a, sure. a lot of my friends played that game, and I didn't play right. that game. Uh, I, I, you know, I was, I was, I loved the the fluff, and I, I did like the game to a degree, but I didn't play sure. that game to that the the mechanics of that game did not light me on fire so to speak like it <laughs> right, was it right. could be gamed in a very unhappy way but i did play that game to be with my friends um the dwellers crew and a whole bunch you know hampton crew and a whole bunch of other guys that i had just known for years and i love those guys and so um i recently started getting back into age of sigmar uh, only so i could spend time with some of those guys who'd also come back but board games gave us something for me to do you know, you get together with some of those guys and, I, you know, I love those guys and we have a great time and, you know, we'll go see movies or go to you know, catch a drink or grab dinner and catch up. But it gives us something else to do, um, given that the large chunk of our relationship was centered around gaming. Um, it gives us a game we can play. And there are so many good board totally. games where you can just get together with those mates um, Father of Lies, a.k.a. Ginger Thunder, um, Dave of War, all those guys hardcore war gamers and i mean hardcore take your teeth out and kick your you know like they don't fool (laughs) around um but you get together with board games have a couple beers and man that is a party those boys got loose and (laughs) yeah and you know they know they're gaming they know how to strategize about stuff but they're also not picking that hill to die on and it's it's just it makes for a good time and yeah for for communities that occasionally do fold up and die, like the fantasy one did, it is lovely sure. to have these games to reconnect with, if that makes sense. I don't, I don't know if I'm just yeah. rambling. Well, and it's also just so nice to know that if if something does not pan out, God forbid, if the game that you're into right. does not uh, garner a community, there are... Uh, there are like thousands of other stories. Like it's kind of like, well, what other stories can I tell? Exactly. You know, like what other rule sets can I get into? What what other worlds can I immerse myself in, and 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 kind of buy into? And it, yeah, it's just really nice. And I think I think with gaming, I think or with war gaming, uh, or or I guess the analog miniature gaming that mm-hmm. we do, yeah. having somebody across the table is kind of like that, just that much more incentive to really buy in because you know that you're doing it with a lot of other people. And th- and it's kind of that, it, it's having them across the table from you is a little bit more gratification than having them on Discord channel with you or something like that. It's kind of like an immediate encouragement to keep going and to keep doing it because it's just, uh, you're making friends, you're making connections, and it's like, I mean, it's it's like you 
you said, walk, walking into that hotel bar and meeting up with people. I mean, that still happens at tournaments. And mm-hmm. and now you just the, the only difference is now people know that, that those tournaments are happening. They don't have to be part of a secret club to find out that it's going on. They That's can get true. online and go like, oh, my gosh, I want to be part of this, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the community is all too happy to have them. So. It's great. It's right, man. And you can also, um, you just get, as you say, when you're sharing progress and you're not sure how something's going, or maybe you just need that little bump of, oh, God, I think I screwed this up. Can someone help? Um, You can get that help. It's not like you're just sitting there. Yeah, immediately, (laughs) instantly. Um, Or or you just really want to share your enthusiasm about something. You just post up like, God, this is great. How good is this? And a bunch of people can get on and go, yeah, it is great. And let me tell you why I think it's great, too. it's great. Yeah. Well, and to bring it back to the channel, yes, uh, thank you. One thing I can say is that I checked my analytics recently. So I, I the channel's not huge right now. It only has eight hundred and seventy five subs, uh, and it has about five thousand watch hours. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's a lot, I guess. But it, it, it you know, uh, I would love it to be more. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but that being said. Uh, the majority of the audience is in kind of a 25 to 35, uh, age range. Mm-hmm. And that, what that says to me is like, it's, it's new blood, you know, it's new. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's people, it, it's, it's, it's a younger generation buying in. And that's not to discount the older gamers because that's the second biggest group, uh, that watch. And I think that, uh, the old, I mean, the old gamers that have been doing this for a while also definitely inform that culture and let people realize kind of what what wargaming can be like as a lifelong love, you know, and as mm-hmm. a lifelong project. So it's uh, it's a gr- it's a good mix. It's always good to get the young and the old together. <laughs> That's it, man. That's it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Cool. Brother, I think uh, I, I hate to say it. I think our time is uh, running short. Um, now, I think we made good use of it. Amen. I think we did. <laughs> amen. Well, let's let's talk. Let's talk the sh- let's let's plug you again. So, uh, Texas Bolt Action is the name of the channel on YouTube. That's right. And yep. people can subscribe to you and watch your awesome stuff pretty much anytime they like. Um, but I highly recommend that if you haven't checked it out. Um, that you do because as as i said it's it's nice bite-sized battle reports and man it's great for an inspirational fix if i'm having a tough day sitting down with one of your battle reports <laughs> is great and you know you you've at you've been wonderful for some of my hard days at work where you just sit down and well, go that's really good to hear <laughs> yes i'm gonna get some of this in me and it's and it's just that positivity and that that great time playing games and watching things unfold on the tabletop that you know, that we love to see when we do it anyway. It's just being able to do it uh, at work, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, well, no, yeah, thanks, man. If you need more bolt action in your life, I, I hope we that uh, I can provide you some. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, w- one thing I do want to say before we close, the name of the channel is Texas Bolt Action. Um, and that's because I started it to help grow the Texas Bolt Action Facebook group. Mm -hmm. So I always want to refer people to that group. Don't think that if you're not from Texas, you're not welcome. We want to see your stuff, and we want to see what you have. Mm -hmm. And we also want you to reach out anytime you are in Texas so that we can play with you. Um, I'm a member, and uh, and I live in Australia. Oh, that's right. There we go. We're, we're international. And it, yeah, it's a great bunch of guys, um, really active community. I'm, I'm at bolt action action on Instagram. And I did consider changing 
the name of the channel to match the Instagram, but I really want to make sure that we that we prop up the Texas Bolt Action community. So that's why I'm, I'm sticking. I'm keeping the name for now. Totally. Um, so so definitely, if you like the videos, if you like the content, be sure and check out the, the Texas Bolt Action Facebook group and make sure and introduce yourself. Say hi. That's it. And again, Tyler Wallace. So he is on there named, and he's got a beautiful, luscious beard that you will see when you look for his profile <laughs> picture. So uh, and guys. Um, I, if you are not a member of some of these Facebook groups, um, if you are listening, and so I look at the analytics for this show, and about a third of us, a, th- a third of you, I should say, um, are in the U.S., a third of you are roughly in the U.K., and about a third of you are here in Australia, um, Australia or New Zealand. So if you are wherever you are, I highly recommend you check out the Australia-New Zealand page, of course the Texas Bolt Action page. Um, it it. So there are regional pages, but I feel like those two really do sort of supersede and um, are more international as well. And of course, there's the big pages, the Bolt Action page uh, and the Bolt Action International page. Uh, but guys, if you if you've joined a few of the big ones um, and you're looking for just a little more. Uh, maybe a little homegrown community. Um, I really do rate the the Australia the Australasian page. Sorry, Australia New Zealand page. I, let me get that right. And uh, as I said, the Texas page. Um, I think those are the only pages that I'm currently joined with for Bolt Action. I think there's a terrain making group as well. But I love yep. the community in particular for the Texas one and the Australia one. So even if, if you, you live in other places, <laughs> hook up. I will say, if you want to see beautiful armies, check out the Australian one because you guys definitely take the cake with that. <laughs> well, you know, when you got Patch and you got Brian Cook, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's pretty heavy hitters. Oh God, Chris McConus, <laughs> there are some serious painters down here. Um, and, it, you know, oof. It trickles down. It, it inspires people. It's good stuff. So yeah, yeah, definitely check that out. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, if you have feedback for this show, um, look, guys, um, I don't, I don't plug this. I don't hammer this. Um, but I was reminded, speaking to a good friend of the show, Dave Monroe, the other day, that um, I do get asked all the time if people can contribute money towards my show. Um, I asked if I have a Patreon page. I I don't. Um, I I see this as my hobby, and I don't want to get on a soapbox here, so I'll keep it brief. I think this is my hobby, and I just am glad that other people like listening to me do what I do. Um, As I said earlier, I think I'm just a schmuck with a microphone, and I am. Um, And I don't think you should pay for that. Uh, So uh, I, I do what I do out of that. However, if you would like to help the show, um, it wouldn't hurt uh, to go to iTunes and give us a five-star review if you think that. Remember what my dear grandma from Iowa always said, uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, please don't say it. Um, So if you want to give us a five-star review, please do. Let us know what we do well. Um, It would help people to find the show when they're searching through uh, iTunes for podcasts to listen to. And as someone who does that all the time, I really would appreciate it. Um, and I know I don't call out for that often and I try not to bore people by saying that, but if you could go to iTunes or whatever, um, whatever device you happen to or service you happen to be finding the show through, 
Uh, if you could give us a, a, a five-star review, um, that would be wonderful. Um, if you do have critical feedback or you'd like to send me a personal message, if you go to Facebook and you type Cast Dice, C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E, um, you will find the Lando Misfit Toys slash the home of the Cast Dice podcast. If you message that page directly, you will get only one person, me. Um, and I try to answer messages as often as I see them. Uh, I know some people sometimes think that uh, I take a long time to reply. Just remember, I'm in Australia, um, and my day is often your night and vice versa. Um, I do, as soon as I get messages, I always reply directly to them. So, um, yes, thank you. And I, I have to thank so many people for all the, the, all the nice messages. Um, I know that I went quiet last week podcast-wise because it was the last week of term. Um, and a couple people were asking if I was all right. I absolutely am. Thank you. I know work's been killing me, but, um, I've been looking forward to vacation and I hope the three episodes that I dropped this week will make up for it. Um, so if you have any feedback, please send it there. Um, I know sometimes technical issues, um, are best addressed through that. So I know to fix the show or if you have things you'd like me to cover, or if you just want me to stop talking, um, just send it through there. Um, anyway, uh, I do need to quote our good friend Casey Pittman um, because it it has come to my attention that I, uh, and I think I said this in the last episode, but let me say it again. Um, it is important that we, I quote the man who sort of told me this in the first place, and I didn't even realize I was quoting him. Uh, but when I say goodnight, half of this signature is, if not more, is all Casey. And he is just an awesome dude for promoting um the community and everything else hobby related. Uh, he's part of a private group that I'm a member of with um, some pretty rad dudes. And um, they are uh, uh, really good when I'm having those tough times. If you don't have a group of friends, um, I highly recommend you get part of these Facebook groups. You find some people with some similar interests and you just have a good chat because, man, it, it definitely helps when things get tough. Um, I am not an expert. Amen to that. Yeah. Like I am not an expert when it comes to positive mental anything. Um, and I am not an expert, nor am I going to give you strategies if you're struggling, but they are wonderful resources for places that are, if you need help, seek it out. I don't know how I got to that point, but it is good to have that. But it's also, uh, a, those resources are available, but it's also important to be, remember the fact that you have positive people in your life and in the communities around you that you can be a part of. Um, Tyler, did you want to get in on that before I sign us out? I think, I think you said it well, Brad. I'm a member of several of those private Facebook groups and we, we show each other our stuff and build each other up. It's fantastic. So yeah, definitely add that part, add that aspect to your hobby. (laughs) Amen. Amen. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time of night. So if your dice, oh, sorry, may your dice roll hot, <laughs> may your beverages be cold. But more than anything else, when you are playing the games that we know and love, I hope no matter what you are doing or how you do it, that you are having fun. This is Cast Dice saying, good night.
dreams.